0: Welcome to the State Bar of Texas podcast, your monthly source for conversations and curated content to improve your law practice with your host, Rocky Deer.
1: Hello and welcome to the State Bar of Texas podcast recorded from the annual meeting in Austin, Texas. This is Rocky Deer and I'm the host for today's show which is being sponsored by LawPay, trusted by more than 35,000 law firms to accept legal payments online. It's the only payment solution offered as a member benefit by the State Bar of Texas. Joining me now, I have the Honorable Roy Ferguson. Welcome, Judge.
2: Thank you very much. Glad to be here.
1: Now, you know, in full disclosure, and, you know, as lawyers, we like to disclose things, or at least we tell our clients they should disclose things. So the judge and I were were talking earlier, and so now tell me, Judge,
2: why can I not just call you Roy? You know, it it varies from judge to judge, but it is something that... Uh, everyone needs to be very cautious about, particularly if you are close friends with the judge or you are a lawyer who appears before the judge. My perspective is as a rural judge. Okay, rural. So so where are you judging, if you will? I am the judge of the 394th. I have the five enormous counties out in far west Texas. Uh, the best way to place it for you visually on a map is to say if you take the horizontal line Of the New Mexico Texas border. Sure. Going east from El Paso. Right. And you drop straight down to the bottom of the Big Bend, which is the bottom of the bend in the river. Sure. All of that in between is my district. That's a big area. Exception of El Paso County itself.
1: Okay, that's a huge area.
2: It is roughly 20,000 square miles. It is slightly smaller than West Virginia. I think it would be the 10th smallest state. If it were were its own state. state.
1: Okay. Wow. Wow. Okay. So so now, I'm sorry I interrupted you, but you were saying that calling you by first name or calling you judge out in public, there's some rationale behind that. So walk us through that. There's some competing
2: issues. Okay. We want to be as anonymous as possible when that's our goal. When we're not campaigning or trying to be seen. Sure. Or with our families, for example. Mm -hmm. We don't really want people to know who we are if we're out to dinner with our children. Sure. So there are security issues. Uh, For example, I never put a picture on social media or in an interview on the paper with my children uh, because it makes them targets. I don't want anyone to know what they look like. If I am in a public setting and someone calls something out that draws attention to me, then it could put my children at risk. So you'd think calling a judge by their first name would be okay. Uh, The problem is we are equally aware of the appearance that we put on for the people around us. And where I am in these smaller counties, well, less populous counties. Sure. Everyone knows who I am because there's only one district judge for these counties. So I handle every case for the population of these five counties. They know who I am. Sure. And if someone calls me by my first name in public— I am immediately worried about who is in the room, what kind of a perception are they going to get. There could be someone who's a litigant right now, sitting two tables over. Mm. And if they see the opposing counsel or the opposing party call me by my first name, they're immediately going to presume that there's a relationship there that goes beyond judge litigant. And so they start to worry that, like I said before, the fix is in. Uh, They might be worried that I'm going to be biased. It certainly could give the appearance that I favor this person because they call me by my first name, because it's not normal for people to call judges by their first names. And so these litigants, there's no way that a defendant in a CPS case is going to walk up to me in public and call me Roy. They're not going to do it. Right. So when someone else does it and they see it, they realize how wrong that is, too, and you, know, you had mentioned, well, maybe in the cities it's not that big of a deal. Yeah, because um, like we're here in Austin, right? So if I, see you, if I see you on a street in Austin, I'm like, hey, Roy, and who would know? Right. It doesn't take long of being on the bench. I'm in my seventh year on the bench. And part of the growth process as a judge is not just learning how to rule hmm. and learning how to be a judge on the bench, but you also have to adjust your entire life around the job. For a while, people believe exactly what you just said. That if I'm not in the courthouse, or I'm not in my town, or I'm not within my geographical district, I'm anonymous. I'm invisible. I will tell you that that is not true anymore. The world being what it is, and technology being what it is, we are recognizable for a a reason you'd never know. Your picture could be up somewhere. There could be a video of you walking down the street on YouTube that you don't know is there. And there could be people, it goes viral and you Mm. don't know it. I will tell you, I have had experiences, one where I was 700 miles away from my district. It was about 1130 at night and I was at a hotel and their restaurant was closed. And so I decided I need to eat something. Sure. So I literally walked out the door of the hotel and just started walking. Um, looking for a place to eat. You're looking for a
1: Taco Bell, right? That's something.
2: (laughs) Taco Bell would be fine. So I'm walking. I come to a strip center that has a little dive bar and restaurant grill at the end of it. Right. There's hardly any lights. It's a seedy looking place, but I'm thinking I... There's food there. So I go walking in. I sit down at the bar. There's one other person in this bar nursing some sort of a drink. And I order food and I'm waiting and I feel someone looking at me. And so I turn and look down the bar and the person says, you're Judge Ferguson. And all the gin joints in all the world. And your hands go numb because you are completely unprotected. Who knows who this person is? Sure. And I said, you have me at a disadvantage. You know, have we met? No. Okay. (laughs) Okay. He said, you were the judge (laughs) on a family law case for one of my friends. Wow. Okay, this could go either way. Mm -hmm. Uh, Long and short of it is, he was friends with someone who I had ruled against and was irate and threatening, and it was an unpleasant moment sitting there in the dark, knowing that I was going to have to walk a half a mile through the dark in Houston to get back to my hotel, and I had walked through a parking garage. Right. I was completely exposed. That was an unpleasant moment of realization that uh, I was not anonymous, even with one person 600 miles away from my district. And I had a similar event on a cruise. Uh, My family and I were on a cruise. We were thousands of miles away on the ship and someone called out my name. Not Roy, Judge. Judge. That's become your new first name. That's right. (laughs) And what are the odds is all I could think. What are the odds? Well, it actually turned out there was another person on the same ship who knew me. So there were two people on a ship of about 1,000 cruisers who knew who I was for different reasons. Um, You are never actually invisible. And so we have to be cognizant of what happens around us. I do not want to be removed from a case because of the appearance of impropriety, because someone called me by my first name. And I have found that in large part, the lawyers, um, not my friends, but in my district, the lawyers who call me in the courthouse by my first name are not, in fact, my friends. They're doing it to set themselves apart or send me a message uh, that they don't consider me to be loftier than they and of course, they're right. It's just we're all doing different jobs, there's different, different uh, but, functions. But they're sending me a message. So, so what about your
1: friends, though, you said they're, they're not your real friends, right? Your, your real friends have a different way of doing this. What do you do with say your, your childhood friends who've known you for a long, long time? How do you set that up? When you became a judge, did you have to sit down and talk with them and say, Look,
2: there's a new reality now or how did you how did you navigate that? It is awkward. You don't want to be accused of what everyone fears when a new judge takes the bench, and that is black robe disease. Uh, That's Mm. what they call it. When you get the black robe on, suddenly you think you're better than everyone else. Sure. They use that terrible word ascend. And I know they mean (laughs) that word to mean stepping up the steps to the bench. Sure. As opposed to standing on the floor. Right. Uh, But that's not how people hear that word. They think of it like ascending on a cloud into the heavens as God. And. It can be awkward. Um, I don't recall sitting anyone down and having that conversation. I think my true close friends simply understood that when we're in public, they they can't treat me like the same old person because someone is always watching. Uh, we can't joke around the same way. We can't have that second or third beer at the bar. Uh, we can't wear graphic T-shirts. Every time I leave the house, I have to wear something nice, even if I'm going to the grocery store on Saturday. So then with your
1: close friends, if you do want to kind of let your hair down, if you will, you have to do that in private. Somebody's home and you have to trust that they're not going to take pictures and post them. Is that or
2: are you just always on? It's a tough question. I'm, I'm concerned about how those answers sound. Sure. There are times and places that I'm willing to go where I will relax, but I don't relax to the point that I'm oblivious. I'm constantly aware, aware hmm. and I'm always filtering what I say. I have to even be aware of what I laugh or smile at. When, Is that why you're not, not laughing at any of my
1: jokes? I mean, I've been, I've been throwing down some one-liners here, hoping to get a reaction And this guy is stone-faced. You can't see it, but boy, he's, I mean, he's not taking the bait. That's
2: good. You're you're well-versed. We have to be careful. (laughs) Uh, You know as well as I that all you have to do is smile at an inappropriate joke, and the headline is not local plumber tells inappropriate jokes. The headline is judge laughs it up at the expense of whomever the joke was about. Sure, sure. Um, if I'm far enough out of town and I'm with just the right people, then I will relax. But when I'm in my district, even at social events, I'm always on.
1: So that means even when you're out with your family? Yes. With the kids? Always. So the kids know that daddy has to, has to maintain a certain decorum at all times.
2: We have higher expectations of their behavior because people are judging me. Remember, I'm the CPS judge. I'm the family law judge. Right. I decide best interest. I decide who's a fit parent for everyone in my district. If I go out in public and my kids are running amok or using foul language or I'm not controlling them appropriately or I over-discipline them or I use an inappropriate word in my kid's presence or I, I treat my wife poorly or um, show some misogyny Anything like that reflects on me as a judge and whether or not that person thinks I am fit to decide whether they are fit. So my kids have known from the very beginning, when we go out in public, more is expected of your behavior. I'm not going to let you run amuck or go outside and play in the fountain with the other kids because I will be judged by that. This sounds like...
1: I, I don't know how many people who actually run for judge ever think about this. This sounds like something you just, I guess you just learn once you, once you don the robe. But for you, was there a moment when you said, okay, my life has changed now. Did you know the minute you became a judge or was there like a light bulb moment where you said, all right, things have to change. I gotta adjust my behavior.
2: There was a moment. Okay. I'm actually working on a paper and a presentation for young judges, new judges, I should say, on this very issue speaking from the perspective of a rural judge, because I I recognize there are differences between judges who are in a building with 75 other judges and judges who have to drive three hours to see another judge, like I do. I believe that most judges think that the, the loss of personal relationships and the changes on your personal life won't happen to them. And in fact, if you engage some new judges, particularly younger new judges on that... They will say things like, who I am is what got me elected. And I'm not going to change that for anyone. I'm still me, right? We don't argue with them over that because we know that the realities are going to change their mind. Mm. Um, That moment for me was uh, there was someone who was a lawyer who was a friend of mine. And we were just hanging out one day. And had a conversation that seemed innocuous to me. You know, lawyers chatting. We talk about old cases and who knows what. And uh, we were chatting about some old case. And about a month later, that lawyer appeared before me and quoted back to me something that I had said that night at the bar over drinks.
1: Wow. And... And this was germane to a case that you were presiding over? That hadn't yet been
2: filed. Oh.
1: So you were going to be presiding over? Of course I wouldn't
2: have had that conversation if I'd known that this lawyer was in my court and had a case. I thought we were just telling Mm. war stories, but we weren't, apparently. And at that point, I sort of glazed over for a minute because I, I knew he knew what he was doing, and I knew he knew... That I knew what he was doing. Hmm. And yet he did it anyway. And this is someone I'd known for twenty years. Change your opinion of that person. No, I would it imagine. changes your pers- it it makes you realize that as lawyers, we are always working for our clients. We are always fighting for our clients. And that my prior relationship with someone was not going to insulate me from that fundamental goal of the lawyer, which is zealously advocate on behalf of your client. So I didn't think he was a bad person. I still don't. We're still friends. I just realized that I'm always on. That was a moment like you thought where I should be able to 100% let my guard down. This is a friend I've known forever. Outside of the courtroom, buddies, families get together. We're friends. And I realized at that moment, even he could not resist the temptation to use the relationship to gain an advantage. And that moment was the light bulb. And I, I actually went home and told my wife in a quiet moment, you need to be aware of this too, not about that person, but that you are an extension of me and they will milk you for seemingly innocuous information mm. to get a little bit more information they can use in the case that I'm presiding over. And in fact, that has happened. That has come to fruition. She has realized that that's true. But that is a painful realization because at that moment you realize that the relationships you had don't exist anymore. You still have relationships with those people, but they're different. They've evolved or they've changed in some way. And it's not, it's not malevolent. They're, they're not bad people. It's just different. And that isolating realization can be very painful, you know. And so there are ways that we can change that. But once we realize that and we change our behavior, they realize we've changed our behavior and they don't understand why. And so what do they presume? Ascending to the bench. Exactly right. He just thinks he's better than everyone else because he doesn't come over when I invite him to parties anymore. You know, I had a birthday party. He came eight years in a row and he won't come anymore when he's invited. And so they think that maybe the judge no longer thinks they're one of us. And, uh, you know, you're a lawyer too. I hear that all the time. Yes, you're a judge, but you're still a lawyer. You, You didn't stop being a lawyer. Well, that's true. But the relationship between Roy, the judge, and Roy the lawyer is different. And I honestly believe that you cannot truly grasp the depth of the difference until you experience it because telling people doesn't help them. It doesn't quite do it. They, they think it won't be me. And I've been told that I, I, have, I have talked to some people about that, some new judges at a new judges school before and this, this one judge looked at me and said, that won't be me. My friends are my friends. And that was another libel moment of, you can't hear it. You have to endure it. Well, Judge, one last question before we kind of wrap this
1: up, because there's there's a lot to digest here. One last question is, as this develops and you, know, you submit your paper and you talk to new judges about it, would you mind coming back on the podcast and, and maybe telling us what you've learned from the other judges and their stories. Would you mind sharing that with us down uh, the road?
2: I'd be happy to do that. I, I have sent polling information out and asked judges about their experience. The percentages are higher than you would imagine, uh, but I do find it it's generational. Mm-hmm. It's urban versus rural. Uh, there are a lot of things that factor in. So it is not a consistent thing for everyone, uh, but to some degree, I believe everyone experiences that. I would be happy to come back on and talk about it a little more it may be a little premature to talk about it now
1: uh, well and and plus it's it's also for a lot of us that do live in the bigger cities it'll probably help us understand how to be more sensitive to the judges that that we know from before they ascended the be- ascended in quotes to the bench well judge it looks like we've reached the end of our program i want to thank judge roy ferguson for joining us today and if you have any questions out there, you want to know more about this topic and everything you've just heard, please feel free to email the court coordinator for the 394th District Court out in West Texas. Judge, is there anything you'd like
2: to leave us with before we before we wrap up? Well, first, thank you for having me on and addressing an issue that is important, but no one seems to know. Uh, but it's time for that issue to be a little bit better known, certainly among the judges. I did want to mention that... The difference in the way that we act in public is not just a reflection of feeling differently because we took the bench. Our conduct as judges is governed by the canons of judicial conduct, and the canons make clear to us that our behavior in our personal lives— is held to the same standard of review as our behavior on the bench. Hmm. We are not to do anything that lessens or calls into question the dignity of the office, the sure. dignity of the judiciary. Whether we are on the bench, at a campaign event, or at a pie-in-the-face fundraiser for an elementary school, right? everything we do is evaluated on dignity and professionalism and appropriateness and whether it reflects poorly on the judiciary as a whole. And in fact, if you violate one of those rules, if you act in a way that brings embarrassment to the bench or lessens the dignity of the office, the more public it is, the greater the potential risk of sanction, the greater the sanction may be. So in fact, being personally on your own with your family in public may give you risk of a greater punishment than if you had done it in the courtroom or in private or at a private campaign event. So it is not merely judges thinking of themselves differently. The, the code of ethics for the judiciary of Texas mandates that we act differently in public than we did before we took the bench. Wow. Wow. Big, big,
1: big topic. Well, that is all the time we have for this episode of the State Bar of Texas podcast brought to you by LawPay. Thank you again, LawPay. Also, thank you to our listeners for tuning in. If you like what you heard, please rate us and review us in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcasting app. I'm Rocky Deer. Until next time, thank you for listening.
0: If you'd like more information about today's show, please visit LegalTalkNetwork.com. Go to texasbar.com slash podcasts. Subscribe via Apple Podcasts and RSS. Find both the State Bar of Texas and Legal Talk Network on Twitter, Facebook, and LinkedIn, or download the free app from Legal Talk Network in Google Play and iTunes. The views expressed by the participants of this program are their own and do not represent the views of... Nor are they endorsed by the State Bar of Texas, Legal Talk Network, or their respective officers, directors, employees, agents, representatives, shareholders, or subsidiaries. None of the content should be considered legal advice. As always, consult a lawyer.